and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circus Podcast. I am Brewster here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? As good as can be expected in these trying times. You know what I love? I love the 10 seconds before we start recording when you say 10 seconds of silence, and the only thing that breaks that silence is your dog licking where his balls used to be. <laughs> I will eat your ass. I'll, I'll do, do it. it. That's what that's what he's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Except his own ass. <laughs> yeah. So well, we, we, we got to have a guard dog at the compound. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We should get a guard dog. <laughs> all right, we have lots to talk about. Um, so we're going to be a little all over the place. Uh, but let's get into the the news right now. It's this Brooklyn Parker. Is it Brooklyn Parker? Brooklyn, Brooklyn Center. Center. Same. I mean, they're yeah, basically they're right, right next, next door to, to each other. other. Um. So the shooting, this uh, Dante, what's his name? Mm. You know the fact, right? That, the fact that I don't know must yeah, be. Racist. I don't give a shit at this point. Anyway, and that, say his name, Rooster. What? <laughs> uh, anyway, so of course, this twenty-year-old doting father of a two-year-old. You know he liked uh, he liked basketball and hanging out with his son, uh, who he Dante Wright. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're doing the Trayvon Martin thing now. It's all the great pictures of him with, you know, smiling in his hoodie. And I'm sure Joe Biden will come out pretty soon and say, you know, uh, he could look like my son, you know, <laughs> like Obama said about uh, Trayvon. Right? Yeah. So anyway, they're not showing the clips of like him, you know, uh, smoke, on social media, smoking blunts and pointing his gun at the camera, you know, acting like a like a gangster thug. Yeah. So he was, most people know the story now, but just the Reader's Digest version, he's pulled over. We don't know why. He went, when he called his mom during the traffic stop, he said. Uh, it's because of an air freshener hanging from his rear mirror. Which I can't believe the cops would do anyway. No, it was probably part of it. They probably pulled him over for the expired tabs. And then they said, you know what, probably mentioned his, his um, uh, air, freshener. air freshener because the reason drug users and pieces of shit put those in their car is that the cops so that when the cops pull you over they can't smell all the fucking weed really yeah so cops will say it's obvious you know buddy when you put that in your window you're signaling to us that you're trying to mask the odor of weed see i just packed my car with coffee grounds yeah smells better i hear it throws the dogs off um so i also don't believe that they pulled them over for tabs uh, cause I got leaving the compound here at one point I was driving a little fast through one of the towns and I got pulled over by a cop. I have expired tabs on, I paid for the new ones. I've got them. I just haven't put them on and my tabs were, oh, he didn't say a word to me. Hmm. So it must be because I'm white. Yeah. It's a privilege. Did you whip out your white privilege card? Uh, yes I did. And it worked. He was like, Oh, never mind, sir. And he walked away. Did you see the, uh, Hodge twins? are selling merch and one of the things is you'll get this credit card white privilege credit card thing it's pretty funny it's good it's good from birth till death <laughs> um so i don't know he could have been speeding i've also heard cops say and you know i'm pretty pro cop i've heard cops say look if we see a black guy driving a really nice car or a white guy driving a really shitty car we pull him over because there's probably drugs involved but right now i just with all the cops I know that I've talked to, most of them have said, look, we're just not pulling people over. Yeah. Why, why do it? You know? So I don't know why he got pulled over. turns out he's got an arrest warrant for having an unlicensed gun, uh, in a burglary. So it was a, it's technically not a nonviolent crime. So he had a, he had a court date and he skipped it. So he's got a warrant out. Yep. So now there's, and I don't know where this cop who, do you have her name? 
Yeah, in just totally a second. It. Um, she um she gets involved somehow. The body cam footage I saw was her body cam. And she's walking up to the car, and there's already two male cops at this car, one on either side. Kim Potter. Okay, so they get this 26-year veteran she is. Uh, they get this kid out of the car, and one of the cops goes to cuff him. And I think... Kim, Very ineffectually, by the way. Yeah, I think Kim Potter says... Very limp-wristed. Well, and, you know, it could be because they're just worried about... Well, it was a know, black cop. Oh, was the the initial response responding officer was a black cop, and then there was a sergeant that was kind of monitoring the situation on the other side, on the passenger side, and talking okay. to the passenger, talking to the girlfriend. So the black cop, her partner, I guess, is the one that did the initial um, tried to cuff him. Yeah, he didn't do a very but good job. But he was it. just he did. I watched a uh, uh, Brandon Tatum video on it, and Brandon Tatum's like. This guy, this guy acts like a rookie. He's just doing everything wrong. And maybe it's because he's a bad cop. Maybe because he was paranoid about. Yeah, well, you know, the he whole said thing. even the whole thing of pulling him out of the car and then putting, turning, saying you're under arrest, and and put, pulling him out of the car and then turning him over right next to the door. He says you don't do that. You you post him up at the back of the car. Yeah. And then you know, so so he can't get back in the car. Well, so all that aside, um, look, the guy's got a warrant. And he's had a gun in the car, or he's had a gun before. Maybe he's got a gun in the car. It'll be interesting to see when the facts of this case come out. Did he have a gun with him? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know if that he probably did. would have came out by now. I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe. I mean, the news is suppressing so much stuff. So uh, what I don't understand is, and I could be convinced of this either way, but they've got this kid there. They know who he is. They know. You know, they've got his car and everything. And she's she goes to tase him. Now she says taser, 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 and like you're supposed to apparently. And she shoots him one time. She doesn't, you know, unload a bunch of shots like they're taught with their pistols. Mm -hmm. So I honestly believe that she might have legitimately thought she had her taser in her hand. Here's my question. Why the fuck would she be tasering him? Yeah. I mean... Really, if he's going to get in his car and take off, even if you're not going to, like, do a high-speed chase or something, you know the area he's in, you know the car he's in. It's just not going to be long before they track him down. <laughs> what the hell? That's the uh, that's the guard dog. Did he choke on his balls or what? <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. We'll leave that in. Uh, <laughs> it does sound kind of human, even. Um, no, it didn't. It didn't sound human <laughs> at all. That's what scared me. Thought something was um, going to crawl out of your basement. Bringing up Tatum again. Brandon Tatum did a breakdown of this, and um, he he said, he, "Now that this wasn't what he was talking about this particular situation, but he's been he said this before. He says the cops are taught way way too much to rely on that taser. Said so they need to learn actual to be physical and how to be physical, yeah, and, and they have to have and they up. have to have the ability to do that." And um, you can't be, you know, morbidly obese. You can't be a petite woman. You have to have the physicality to handle a, a, a person who's aggressive and don't rely on that taser because a lot of times the tasers don't work or they can kill a guy. Well, a, a, lot of, a lot of these guys are starting to wear like a hoodie with a thick, yeah, yeah, thick, thick coat clothing, over the top yeah. of it because they know it won't. Yeah, the barbs won't penetrate it. Yeah. Um, and then there was that incident just recently where the where the woman got into her car. She he he tased her. It didn't really work. Then he had to get close and like hold the taser to her arm. And then she still was able to reach for her gun and shoot him and shoot him. So taser is not the be all end all, you know. Well, and there was another. Uh, I think it was Brandon T Brandon Tatum video. He was showing cops just and again from the cops perspective for the body cam shows up and there's a guy that someone had said was acting suspicious or something. So he shows up, sees him and he's got like a big puffy sports coat on and he's, um, he's got, he's on his phone and he's walking away and he's got a hand in his pocket and the cop goes, Hey, turn around and talk to me. And the guy looks at him and just keeps walking, keeps, he finally tells him that about three or four times at, and you can see the cop has the taser up. He goes, you know, I'm, you don't turn around and talk to me. I'm going to tase you. Guy turns around, like, point-blank range. Me to you here. Pulls out a gun, shoots the cop. Yeah. Cop manages to get back to his car. He's hit pretty badly. 
and he calls for help and there's a there's a you know bystander who shows up and helps him a little so i i believe he survived brandon tatum was saying we can't be relying on tasers here he goes that guy's walking away from you he goes he's got his hand in his pocket he goes you have to either have your gun out so that when his gun comes out you can shoot him or you have to put your hands on him Mm -hmm. you know you have to know how to put your hands on him yeah and you have to have the physical capability to do it yeah and that's why you there should be instead of defunding the police they should be putting more funding into the police and into training programs into um making sure that maybe the pay is better so you get a better caliber i mean and say you got to be physically in shape for this you can't be morbidly obese you can't be a petite woman you have to be able to do these physical tests in order to stay a police officer that's on the on the job patrolling especially when they put them out by themselves did you say defunding the police with a D? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I, I get it now. I thought they were saying defund the police. Oh, well, yeah. You know, like make them more serious. You yeah, know, they do. You know, they should yeah. stop screwing around. They should not be playing. They should, you know, should be playing. Defund the police. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're talking about the Chauvin trial or and all the bullshit ancillary ancillary bullshit that goes ancillary. with ancillary i always say that wrong because I, I read it that way mm-hmm. and that's it just stuck with me so i, I know i'm saying it wrong and I yeah can't you stop say myself. appreciate too uh you say appreciate <laughs> anywho um well our governor when it first happened came out with a tweet and this was before we found out the the specifics of it we didn't even know at this point that it was a um that she mistook her gun for a taser so it was before all this, but here's our governor, Minnesota Governor Tim Walls tweeted at 10.02 p.m. on April 11th. He goes, I am closely monitoring the situation in Brooklyn Center. Gwen, which is his wife, and I are praying for Dante Wright's family as our state mourns another life of a black man taken by law enforcement. What a sack of fucking shit this guy is. Well, I mean, he's not technically wrong. Yeah. My, oh, boy, my dog's got gas. Oh, that's a bad one. Oh, it's eye-watering. Well, I mean, that could be that could be an effective guard dog right there. <laughs> People breaking the house going, whoo! Uh, between stinks. the shock factor, if you think he's going to bark, and he just goes, <laughs> and just farts. Scared the shit out of me. So my response here to this tweet. Sounds like it literally scared the shit out of him, yeah. too. My response to his tweet is, uh, so he wrote this and I go, Wall's response here is just another example of Democrats in Minnesota pushing the narrative that police are hunting down and shooting black people due to quote, systemic racism and quote, white supremacy in law enforcement. Walls is encouraging, excusing and stoking misplaced anger and violence. Walls is not incompetent. Along with COVID fear-mongering, he is fomenting racial division on purpose to increase the control and power of the less leftist elites running Minnesota. It's disgusting. All true. He's not. It's not about incompetence. This guy is 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 just going. He's part of the leftist agenda, which is to kind of break down society, get get people scared, rile them up against each other, and then stay in control. He's had, we talked about this last time, he's had his fucking emergency powers for over a year now. Yeah, I I still think it's a combination of incompetence and being a political animal. I think he really is a dummy, and he doesn't know how this stuff is going to work. But he says this because he knows his voters want him, and look, let's face it. Most of Minnesota is going to vote for the guy again. Yeah, it's disgusting. Because Minneapolis and St. Paul, they'll elect him. And Minneapolis and St. Paul get to. And it probably would be close if it weren't for the fraud. <laughs> Don't get me going. Yeah. It's gonna be a run it's gonna be a runaway every time now because they're they're they've committed fraud and they've gotten away with it and they're like, hmm, that wasn't so bad. Let's wrap it up a bit. Yeah, well, some states are changing their voting laws. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. So, not here though. Yeah, not here. Um And but federally, they're gonna stack the courts. Yay. Yeah. I don't, I still don't think they're going the to. The fact that they're even getting to the point where they're seriously considering it, though, is like, you motherfuckers. Well, I love the point where they're playing Biden's clip from like 1973 where he's going, it's a bonehead move. Yeah. I just, I want to see him answer why that is. But 
They have to get rid of the filibuster first to be able to do that because otherwise they need 60 votes. They're not going to get rid of the filibuster because they need every Democrat to vote for it. Joe, Joe Manchin's already said, look, I'm not doing that. And they have a couple other senators now who've yeah. sort of hinted at, eh, I don't want to do that. So I think they'll make a big show of it. But did you hear what Nancy Pelosi said about it? No. She's not even going to bring it to the floor yet until Biden's uh, commission looks at it. So I think uh, I think Pelosi's starting to wise up to this. This is not a good look okay. for them. So we'll see. But I just think it's funny that you keep you keep hearing conservative commentators say, what they accuse you of, they're going to do. And they played all these clips of saying, That's projection. saying well, Trump's going to Trump's gonna pack the court when he gets in there. He never once brought it up, you know, never mentioned it. Yeah. And uh, it's always the Democrats who do shit like this. You know, it was FDR who tried to do it before. So, but when it comes to court packing, the question is, they say, uh, you know, well, there's nothing in the Constitution that says it has to be nine. Like, right, okay, so when they make it 13, how about we make it 17? How about we make it 117? Yeah, yeah is, make, make them equal the uh, the representatives. Make <laughs> The House or the Senate, yeah. you have to have that many justices. <laughs> yeah, don't give them ideas. <laughs> yeah, we have to have, uh, what is it, uh, 104 justices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I think. And the four, the, the four are alternates, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I I don't know what's going to happen in the end with this Brooklyn Park shooting. This uh, Kim Potter officer, former officer, because she resigned, um, and the police chief resigned. And uh, who was it that got fired, Commissioner? Who was it? The guy that said that she deserves due process. Oh, so the the black man, city uh, manager, manager. That's right. Yeah, the uh, mayor came out and said, "Yeah, she should be fired." In the uh, the city manager said, uh, he said, look, every employee is going to get Deserves due, process. due process. And the mayor fired him the next day. Yeah. Stupid. And the mayor is a do- doofus. He's like a little boy in, in his daddy suit. He uh, heard a commentator call into a show that said, said uh, he, um, he, it was the Justice and Drew show. The commentator called in and said he's worked with the guy. He's a former uh, commander in the police force there. And he said, the guy has wanted to be a big city mayor forever. Mm. You know, he wants to be, you know, he wants to make a name for himself in Brooklyn Park and move to Minneapolis and, you know, that kind of thing, or St. Paul. He wants to be another Melvin Carter. Yeah. Melvin Carter's the current mayor of St. Paul who's, he's a dipshit. Mm-hmm. But he's a young guy and, or Jacob Fry, Minneapolis, same, same thing. I mean, they're not, they're not leaders, they're activists. Yeah. And you can't, you can't have activists in those positions and that's you know getting back to walls i think that's kind of what he is he's a dummy who reads the tea leaves and says uh well what are the activists telling me to do because that's what's going to get me elected so i i I think he's a little bit more i think he's a little more aware of what he's doing i don't think he's smart enough to be very conspiratorial Hmm. i think he's following the crowd or he might be following you know puppet masters there might be people pulling the strings and he might have people around him that are very smart they go this guy is very like biden can be he can be very much told what to do and when to do it i think yeah i think there are i mean it's obvious with hanging on to these powers for so long he does not want to relinquish any power he knows what's good yeah, for you. None of this is an emergency at this point. Yeah, none of it is. But he he's going to keep making it one. But yeah. he he may have people that he's following that are saying, "Hey, you should do this, you should do that." But I don't he just doesn't strike me as a guy who's smart enough to be to be running some grand conspiracy. I think it's just part of it. Oh, absolutely. That's what I mean. He's following yeah. people. Uh but now we have we've had lockdown or um, curfews for the last three days now in in uh, Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park, and Crystal, which is another surrounding community, Maple Grove. Well, they um, went so far as to have it in. So the governor, in his first night, exercised his powers and said, uh, "I think it was seven o'clock." Yeah, it was seven p.m. Seven, and it's like four counties. So uh, Brooklyn Park is in Hennepin County, which is the largest county. North of that is Ramsey which is very close, but then uh, west of, or south of that is um, even Dakota did it. So there are four. Dakota County. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. The, maybe in 
So, so Minneapolis is part of it. It's, it's Minneapolis on, is part of Hennepin County. Yeah. I mean, but they're doing lockdown in all the the county, the whole county. No, or the it was next just night cities? he said cities can okay. decide on their own. Like just just tonight, uh, Champlin, which is a town right by the Champlin, yeah. had a nine o'clock curfew from yeah. nine o'clock till five a.m. It's ridiculous. I don't know about Robbinsdale. I'm not sure what the curfew is there, but um, you know, if you any. If you're in Minneapolis or any of the surrounding, you know, north or northwest um, suburbs, you're going to get that alert on your phone saying there's curfew. So I'm not sure if that's specific to what city you're in or if it's just kind of like blanket curfew. But well, I got I got for, one for Champlain for three days now. So you go, I I, I went up to um, an area nearby where that happened because that's where I go and work out, and uh, I go up there to hit the gym and everything's boarded up. Tire shops boarded up. The liquor stores completely boarded up. They're not even open. Like some of these businesses say, yeah, we're, they have spray painted on the door. We're open. You know, some of the um, fast food places, the drive throughs open, but there's like plywood galore. It's like plywood, plywood city is what we're looking at up mm-hmm. there. Everything's shut down. The, the fitness club isn't, which is nice, but um, it's, it's really frustrating to go and see that and go, this is what we've been reduced to. The, this should not happen I know, in a civilized society. I mean, Dakota County is, I think the northernmost border of Dakota County is 15 miles from. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't be. It, what the fuck? Yeah. Seriously. But it's demoralizing. You go there and you go, I'm a upstanding citizen. I work hard. I pay my taxes. Um, and I'm basically feeling like I'm being punished, not by just this, but by the COVID bullshit. And, and by the riot bullshit and nobody's being held accountable. The people that are actually the ones causing this, these problems, they're going to get away with it. But over time, people are just going to move. Yeah. I mean, that's just what they do. I want to, but the housing market's fucked. Yeah. Well, but you know, Hey, you couldn't move away from all this. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> You'd miss me. Mm. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, can, you we can, we can go, we can go, um, what remote. You'd still miss me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think what you're going to see is I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. I And we've, I mentioned this before. We're going to see some decentralization. People are going to move where, where uh, you know, they, they don't have to deal with the shit. And, for example, like uh, Iowa just instituted constitutional carry. Bravo. Yeah. So they just said, fuck it, federal government. Don't care what you have to say. Yeah. There's a reason uh, TV video I saw. Um, Constitution, yeah, constitutional, for everybody that doesn't know what that means, it just means that you don't have to apply for a license to carry a gun to, to, to protect yourself or your family or other right. people. You can just have a gun. Because constitutionally, there, it's in the Constitution. They, there's no law shall be made to uh, to infringe on that right. And so they're like, yeah, we're you not You can going. even carry it concealed, can't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, um there's one of the things that has frustrated me on the new local news here in Minneapolis. They're running the totals every day, new cases, deaths, and total cases. And they're running it next to the Wisconsin numbers. And Wisconsin numbers are better than ours. Not total cases, but deaths and new cases are always lower. And you're probably... I I mean, it's possible, but I don't think you're going to find two states so close in population and sort of demographically as you will Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, there's some uh, uh, some highly segregated racial areas in Minneapolis, but Milwaukee has the same thing. Yep. So, I mean, those two states match up pretty well. Minnesota's like 4.6 in population. Wisconsin's 4.4. So those numbers, their numbers are always lower. Well, there was one night that the deaths of Minnesota were 10. The new cases were, I'm I'm pulling a number out. It was like 1,200 or something. Wisconsin, the deaths were two, and the new cases were under 1,000. And all the news could focus on was, well, Wisconsin had two more deaths and almost a thousand new cases. I'm like, I want to say right there on your screen, it's showing you that Minnesota's numbers are worse and you're not even mentioning it. I don't get this. Well, what's their purpose for that? Well, I don't know, but they wouldn't talk about the Minnesota numbers at all. 
it was like you you're not allowed to or something I, media is so it's so weird how blatant they are now in their misreporting um like tim pool brought this up that he was looking up um you know violent mobs and and uh protests and all that kind of stuff and every time he tried to search something about the minneapolis um like protest riots going on right now it would redirect him to the um, Washington D.C. "quote unquote" insurrection. Like he's like, you can't even Google it. Google's like like redirecting. They're not even talking about what's happening in Minneapolis well, or in, in Brooklyn Center, I should say. But well, why would they? But that's that's how blatant they are about Nothing it. Nothing to see. Just you know what's happening. You go to look it up on Google, and then you're like, um, I just typed in specifically Minneapolis riots. You know, I put in the date. And all of a sudden, it's transferring me to an article that was written about the Washington, D.C., quote-unquote, insurrection. Well, did you see Matt Christensen finally got uh, he got put in uh, YouTube timeout? Yeah. Yeah, and he um, came out with two videos afterwards. Yeah, they didn't tell him. They didn't yeah. tell him. They didn't tell him why. Yeah, so he has no, no idea why. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, thankfully for him, he's built out his own... Well, YouTube's gone to shit. Yeah, but... You know, along these lines, um, so there was a story about the uh, the BLM, one of the BLM organizers, this 37-year-old woman, the one who says she's a, uh, oh, man, that dog is killing me with that. So this woman from BLM, she's one of the organizers, and she's an avowed Marxist. She admits it. Well, suddenly she's bought uh, a $1.4 million, they call it a compound, in Topanga wherever valley or uh it's one of the whitest areas of california and the question becomes how does this 37 year old activist suddenly have 1.4 million dollars to buy this and it turns out she's got other property and blm has had about 90 million dollars worth of corporate donors and people are starting to go where'd all the money go Mm -hmm. and they can't find it hmm well weird huh so you Jason, can't fault a woman for getting hers. Yeah, exactly. What so, uh, they were saying on the Gutfeld show? Did she get her hair did too? Yeah. What do you call a Marxist that uh, suddenly buys a a uh, one point four million dollar home? A failed Marxist. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not a Marxist anymore. You're a capitalist. Um. So anyway, Jason Whitlock, who is a um, uh, former sports writer, he's more of a political commentator now or social commentator. He uh, and Black uh, and says he's a liberal. So, but you know, he's one of those people who I think is uh, viewed as he views himself as a liberal, but now would be a conservative based on what he believes. So he all he did was post the story on Twitter that is on as he pointed out, several real estate sites about this woman who bought it. He didn't give an opinion on it. He just posted it. And uh, Twitter shut his account off. <laughs> of course. They're, they're, they're not hiding what they're doing anymore. I know. Are these guys trying to get their stuff revoked? Because they... Because it's going to happen. They started kind of, you know, doing this kind of shit, shutting down, you know, accounts and shadow banning. And they started kind of like with smaller accounts and smaller people, and they kind of ramped up, and they realized, you know, they're they're not getting much pushback on this. People are talking about it, but they're not getting much pushback, so well, they keep doing do you, it. Do you see what Coke and Delta have done now? You know, they came out hard against the Georgia thing. Well, now they've backed off of that a little bit. Yeah. And the, the reasons they backed off is because they got a lot of feedback from people that going wokey makes you brokey. And, uh, well, and the state of Georgia took away a bunch of, um, uh, Delta's tax loop, uh, not loopholes, uh, their tax benefits. And Coke was worried that that was going to happen to them because a lot, I think Coke's bottling plants are based in Atlanta and they've sort of come back and said, you know, major league baseball was a little rash in pulling their game. They probably shouldn't have done it. We weren't in support of that. We were not in support of pulling their, uh. (laughs) their game out and major league baseball is like sitting there going, what, wait, what? You know, so there's a lot of companies starting to sort of starting to back off on that. So, um, again, this was a reason TV article talking about 
you know, the constitutional carry and what states should do, what the right should start doing is using the left's tactics. So when the left and the government came out and said, hey, you have to cooperate with ICE if you get illegal aliens and you know and they had their sanctuary. Yep. yep. So they effectively made sanctuary cities and in some cases sanctuary states. And Reason was saying, that's cool. If you want to do that, let's do the same thing with guns and abortion. Let's just go, you know what? No. We we understand that you're a federal uh, government, but we're a state and we get to make our own rules. And they said, that's what you need to do. And there really isn't a whole lot of power in the federal government to do this if the states don't comply. The example they gave along the gun thing was, there are 5,500 ATF employees, about a third of which are administrative. ATF can't enforce much of anything without the states helping. So they said they close eight to 10,000 cases a year at the ATF. Well, what if you have more than eight to 10,000 cases of people disobeying you, which is going to be a really easy threshold to reach? They're just not going to be able to keep up. And if you have a state that says, yeah, we're, we're not helping you, they're stuck. And so I think you will start to see more states do what Georgia has done. Well, you're already starting to see it with election laws, but you'll start to see like Iowa state will just do constitutional carry. And there's nothing the federal government can do about it. I mean, you can talk about, you know, do we take away highway funds and stuff like that? But it's, it's going to get harder and harder to do that when more and more people start just resisting. Yeah. And I think that's the road we need to go down. Well, I mean, it's not going to get it's not going to get better through voting in the right people. I don't think at this point. Like, like if you just try to rely on the system at this point, go no, we, we've got a system. You got to vote, and things are going to change. No, you got to make things happen by being more involved. You can't just go out and vote and just hope things are going to get better. You have to well, actually get more involved. Yes and no. I do think I do think you're right that you have to be more involved, but. You do have to vote in the right people, but on more of a local level. Yeah, I mean... I think you really have to embrace that idea that politics is local. And you have to focus on your town, Yes, if you think something is important, you have to show up in, like at these um, city council meetings and all that kind of stuff. And I, I wouldn't be able to do it because I'd lose my shit. You know, I don't think I could. I don't know. I see you as a perfectly calm, reasonable individual. Yeah. Not I, I think I actually come across more calm on the podcast than I really am. Like, I think I blow my wad early in the day, like talking shit and ranting. Oh, we're still talking about podcast. <laughs> and then it comes time to start, a little too start about there. the podcast. I'm, I've like, I've, I've calmed down a bit usually by the time we talk about, about your morning routine. Okay. <laughs> but you I couldn't, you. a lot of the stuff, if you have to show up and deal with these assholes and these fucking idiots, and I'm not talking about just the politicians, but the constituency too. And then you're seeing how fucking, idiotic most of this shit is and how much bullshit people have to wade through to, to get to an actual salient point mm-hmm. or, or make something happen that's worthwhile I would I would I would lose it I would I would completely go off and I'd either be in jail or I'd be barred from coming to the, <laughs> any more meetings you know yeah I, th- I think you have to think about this as local you know you have to think about look we're gonna be working on our our city our county even our state but that's why I said last time, I'm not for Ron DeSantis running for president. I used to be, but now I'm more along the lines of, that's a guy who needs to keep running Florida. Yeah. You know, um, now, a Crenshaw type who's in uh, House of Representatives, I think those pieces get switched out fairly easily. So, yeah, that's a little different for me. But I, I want to see governors run their states like a Ron DeSantis and a Christy Noem without you know, fear of, of, uh, what the left is going to do. But I also want to get rid of some of these chicken shit bastards like Asa Hutchinson in, in Arkansas, who's a so-called conservative, but he's letting Walmart tell him what to do. Yeah. You know? And, uh, even, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of the wishy-washy Republican types that the just, rhinos. Yeah. And they're still around. Yeah. Um, we need them to age out fast. Coming back to this, um, the uh, lockdowns and the Chauvin trial and the Brooklyn center mayor. There's an article from alpha news. The sheriff uh, says the Brooklyn center mayor's comments have caused significant confusion. What comments you say? 
A sheriff overseeing the response to the Brooklyn Center demonstration said the city's mayor has caused significant confusion with his public criticism of police crowd control tactics. Brooklyn Center Mayor Mike Elliott said at a Wednesday press conference that we have to approach policing in a different way, a more humane way. Gassing, in my opinion, is not a humane way of policing. Our police department and our officers are not involved in gassing. He said, so first of all, he, he makes it sound like they're, they're jackbooted Nazis putting like poor people through the gas chambers. Mm-hmm. That's putting it, putting it that way. Um, and I don't know if that's, he, he seems like a big dummy to me. So I don't know if that's purposeful or not. Probably is. Um, did you hear he also, maybe this is, this might not reference this, but he said that police officers shouldn't be always armed when they do traffic stops. Yeah. He, uh, he says, why do we need guns at traffic stops? Well, because that's one of the most dangerous situations a police officer can face. According to the cops, it's like the second most dangerous. The other right one is domestic, yeah. uh, d- domestic dispute. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Where the woman gonna... calls her the cops because her man's beating her up, and then she attacks the cops for taking her boyfriend away. So he's saying he's saying gassing is inhumane. What would you suggest as a uh, in, in, as opposed to doing that? Rubber bullets. No. Or, or, or like uh, what Biden says, um, just shoot him in the leg or a, a, a couple warning shots with your shotgun in the air, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Or, or go for the leg. Maybe that's the way they should be humane about it. Yeah, it's sever that stupid. femoral artery, watch him yeah. bleed out right there. He said that multiple times. I know. Because he's a dummy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the mayor of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, suggests officers don't need to be armed for every traffic stop or engaged in situations that don't necessarily call for weapons. I don't believe that officers need a to necessarily have weapons every time they're making a traffic stop. Yeah, they probably don't need them every time. Statistically, you know, probably don't. But when they do need them, they better fucking have them. Well, how many people are you going to get to be cops if you're not letting them have weapons? You know, come to think of it. We don't really need fire extinguishers in our homes either. Because how many how many homes have you had that have burned down? Four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't had any homes burned down. Okay. Well, between and, the two of us, we average two. And yeah, so I don't be- I don't believe it's necessary to have fire extinguishers at every home or okay. four smoke detectors. You know, what are the odds? I. You know, mine didn't really burn down as much as exploded. Oh, got all that meth you were cooking? Shh. That was just the first time. (laughs) Second time we were seeing how many lit cigarettes we could flick into the gas can. Ah. You know? And then there was the science. That was the the third time, too. Then there was the science experiment. Well, that's what we called that game. It's called science experiment. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Um, Yeah, the guy's a complete fool. In Minnesota, we have... Evil motherfuckers or fools yeah, running the show. This is what happens when activists get in power. Said it before. So, Speaking of evil motherfuckers and, and incompetent motherfuckers, did you hear about this? Minnesota hospital system only co- offers COVID vaccines to people of certain races. I'm sure it's just white Non-white people. Non-white right? people over the age of 16 can receive COVID-19 vaccine at hospitals and clinics operated by M Health Fairview. White people cannot get the shot unless they're over 50. There's a There's a word for that. I can't, it starts, um, starts with an R. Uh-huh. I can't remember it. Anyway. Yeah. Do they have a sign up that says uh, whites only and coloreds only? Yeah, they should have in the drinking fountain shoe too. Yeah. People, people over the age of 16 who belong to the following list of races are approved for vaccinations regardless of underlying risk factors according to the site, uh, the website. that's done. So if you're black slash African, if you're American Indian slash Alaskan Native, if you're Southeast Asian, Pacific Islander slash Native Hawaiian, Latinx slash Hispanic. They actually use the Latin X in their um, documentation here. So But know. not uh, not Asian. And why and oh Southeast Asian, but not Northwest Asian. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm surprised, you know, where is the um, where is the non binary community in all this? They're at risk. Bigots. Yeah, but that's not race. That's gender. Yeah, but is it really? I don't know. It's my truth. It is whatever I say it is. I can't keep track anymore. (laughs) Speaking of which, did you hear about this um, this photographer in in New York? I don't know the article pulled up here. Uh, It was another one that Raven sent. Uh, It was... So she's a photographer in New York. She takes wedding photos. 
she puts on her, apparently she puts on her website that she's, you know, Christian beliefs and values and stuff. So the uh, city of New York came in and said, or the state of New York said, uh, yeah, you have to put uh, gay couples on your website photos too, because you have to be inclusive. And she says, no, I don't. I'm not going to, not going to photograph a gay wedding. I'm, I'm not behind that. And you can't tell me what I have to have on my own private website. And they said, uh, yeah, we can. And by the way, you can't announce anything about your Christian faith on your website either. <laughs> I mean, obvious, it, these are obvious wow. free speech violations. Her name's Emily Carpenter. And here's the part that's tough for the left. She's a black female business owner. Really? Yes. Hmm. That's not the picture I'm seeing here. Oh, well, then we're talking about a different one. So, yeah, because the article I was reading says she's a black female. Okay. I guess I might be reading the wrong article here. Christian wedding photographer filed a complaint against New York over a state law that requires her to serve a same-sex wedding ceremonies despite her religious objections. Well, this was one where they actually told her what she had to put on her website. Okay. I mean, this is crazy that they think they can get away with this, you know? Wow. So there must, yeah, there must be more than one. Well, and now they're back after the California or Colorado Baker again. Of course. For different stuff. If any... Ju- somebody wanted somebody wanted him to make a cake with a picture of uh, uh, someone filleting Satan on it or something. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, oh, well, you're discriminating. So they're trying to sue him again. Any lawyer that takes that or tries to present that in any... In any this should be disbarred at this mm-hmm. point. I agree. Any judge that decides that it's worthy to fuck with this guy anymore, uh, they need to be dismissed and by dismissed I, i'm hearing you say hauled out and beaten i mean that's what the wink was for that's what i thought <laughs> you double winking oh man um we talked about incompetence and you mentioned biden mm-hmm. do you love that he's taking credit for all the stuff trump did now yeah the wall um the vaccine well, no, he's not taking credit for the wall but he's like you know we're this far along we pretty much do have to finish it yeah and uh who's at the afghanistan the, is it the Homeland Security guys at Mallorca or the? I'm not sure. Anyway, former California um, legislator and uh, district attorney or whatever he was, um, state attorney. He's like, he goes, yeah, uh, you know, it really is. Uh, we really should finish it because there's people just sort of streaming through. They they realize this. They realize now this border thing is blown up on them, and the only reason they give a shit is because it might cost them an election. It's the only reason they care. They don't care about what's happening in the country. But so, uh, you know, they don't realize that the money for the finishing finishing the wall has already been appropriated. You know, it's there. Yeah. So, uh, no, he's taken credit for the vaccines. He's like, you know, we're going to have a million people a day getting vaccinated. Well, that was the number Trump had before he left office. Mm-hmm. And now they say, well, it's going to be two million, you know, um, which is the number they were going to reach anyway. So even with this Johnson and Johnson one being suspended, come back to that in a second. Uh, you know, Biden's like, yeah, we're getting all these people vaccinated. This was Operation Warp Speed. This was the stuff that Trump put in place. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying Trump created the vaccine, but he put the program in place to get it done. Well, now Biden is doing the um, uh, taking credit for uh, the uh, the economy too. Hey, look at look at the economy under me, record stock market. Yeah, I mean, he's just. In the meantime, we'll probably end up with a fucking nuclear war with Russia. Yeah, because our our uh, relationship with Russia is getting really tense. I don't think we're ever going to wind up I in know. a nuclear war, but. The thing we have to worry about... We'll be in proxy wars. If Russia and China get together and decide they want to fuck with us, mm. you know... And China wants to fuck with us. I don't think they, they even... They I don't already think are it's a matter us. of want to. I think yeah. it's now they realize they can't. They're in deep. They're all up in us deep. I mean, when when they showed they're up... They're balls deep in us. <laughs> more than balls deep. <laughs> Hell, they're up to the damn taint. <laughs> um, when they... Uh, they're, foreign policy-wise, look, they're double-fisted. <laughs> 
But when they show up in Anchorage and freaking read us the riot act about our human, and we it's go, amazing. yeah, you're, you're right. We are kind of bad. What they should have been was like, you know what? Fuck you. Get the hell out of here. Go home. You can't even control your black people. What's wrong? I think it's Brack. Brack people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, Brack people are all getting racism all over. <laughs> yeah, when they say, uh, what about Uyghurs? They go, oh, we don't use that word. <laughs> That's a bad word. <laughs> That's a really bad word. Oh. <laughs> oh, can you just feel the Asian hate coming uh, out of us? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, just now, specifically Chinese. Well, yeah, because now apparently we all hate Asian people. Yeah. And, it's, you know, that's the reason. I mean, that's the reason they're getting beaten and, 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 um, well, it's attacked. a bunch, it's a bunch of white people dressing up in blackface. No, it's just because them. of our hate, our hateful messaging that kind of inspires these people that just have no control over their own emotions and their intelligence. They have to go out and, and beat people. But what color are these people? It, no, it's white people in blackface. Yeah. So and just before they hit them, they go, "Mommy." Yeah. According to the left, it's it's even though they they'll when they finally actually even admit that, well, yeah, okay, the instances of of Asian, you know, hate crimes and getting them getting beaten, it's all black men doing it or women. Some I get that if they admit that, but then they go, but it's really because of white racism, because exactly. because people like Trump. Spread all that uh, that woo flu and China virus hatred out there, and you know the the system. You know the it's the it's historically a white system that's controlling the everybody else, and uh, that's why it's happening. It's like, but you, what you're doing is you're saying that black people that are attacking Asians are doing it because white people directed them to either consciously or subconsciously. Which you're saying, like they always say, that black people are stupid. In every instance, when it comes down to it, the left saying that racism is a problem or white supremacy is a problem. The reason black community has so many issues is because of white people. You're saying black people are stupid. That's what you're doing. That's what it really comes down to. They can't figure out how to get an ID to vote. They can't figure out how to get on the computer to get their COVID, you know, to figure out where to get a COVID vaccine. We have to do everything for them and pat them on their head and go, that's okay. I'm the white savior. I'll help you. Yeah. And it's just blatant. Well, and, and that's why I can't stand the fact that why does, like as a monolith, why does the black black community, quote unquote, vote Democrat in such a, like 97%, it makes no sense. Well, according to the uh, according to the leftists, because that's who they told them to vote for. Yeah. And so you don't think, and then you see these like interviews in the streets where uh, they go and they go, they go talk to him and say, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the left is saying this about you, about black people. Can you get an ID? It's like, yeah, everybody I know has an ID. Do you know where the DMV is? Yeah, it's right down the street there. And, and, and you go, well, the left, all the Democrats and the left are saying, you can't figure this out. And he goes, doesn't that sound racist? And they're like, yeah, that sounds racist. But then why? Is well, that's... he doesn't even lead them like that. He just says, what would you say about somebody who yeah, says, eventually they're gets... like, this one woman goes, uh, actually, it kind of sounds a little racist. But you think that's all it would take for people just to go, oh, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be part of that. I yeah I think they're slowly coming around, but not fast enough. No. So, um, I wanted to talk real quickly about two uh, two videos I watched for um, hearings today. One was I don't think the second one was a hearing, but one was uh, uh, who's the guy from Ohio. Um, to Jim Jordan. Okay. Went after Fauci. Yeah. And he said, okay, you keep telling us, you know, when it gets better, we'll let, loosen this stuff when up. When will that be? Give me the numbers. Yeah. And Fauci's like, well, when we see an infection rate that's low enough. And he goes, what's the number? And Fauci's going, look, I'm not the guy who makes the decisions here. He goes, no, but you're the guy who advises on the policy. What's the number? And he just won't answer it. And Jordan finally goes, I want you to answer the question. He goes, I did answer your question. No, he didn't. And then they go, well, you're out of time. And then uh, that bitch from California. God, what's her name? She's about 157 and looks twice as old as that. Well, before you move on to her, that I saw that interchange or exchange, and he did finally get him to say a number. But here's how he said the number. He goes... I think there has to be significantly more than 6,000 or significantly less than 6,000 um, transmission or so, tr- transmissions or whatever. And, and so he couched it in a term that's like nebulous, significantly less. What does that mean? That's well, not a number. And James Clyburn, who's running that committee, goes, uh, when we get 90 percent of Congress vaccinated. OK, wait. So you're really telling me that 500 shots is going to mean that we can open up? Fuck it. Let's. 
let's do it. That's not, that's not, it, it, the goalposts no. will change. But the, for Fauci to say, I, I answered that because Fauci said, yeah, it's going to take uh, significantly less than 6,000 per whatever day or well, I can't remember the exact number, but he said significantly, which means nothing. Yeah. Nothing. That doesn't pin down anything. It was uh, Maxine Waters. She goes, have some decorum and some respect and shut your mouth. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Did you hear her say that? Bitch. Can Look you imagine? A fucking mirror. Can you imagine? No, if, it'll fucking crack. Yeah, no kidding. Can you imagine if Jim Jordan had said that to her? Yeah. It'd have been like, oh, not only mansplaining, he's racist. Yeah, she told her to shut her mouth. Yeah. She should have just said, I mean, she should have said what she was thinking. Shut your mouth, white boy. That's what it sounded like. Pretty much. Um, so the other one was, uh, you know, uh, I think it's John Kennedy, the uh, the um, senator from Louisiana. I love that he's kind of very Trey Gowdy-ish and is like, I don't, I don't sound real smart, but <laughs> so he's in a committee that Elizabeth Warren's got going, and they're having a Zoom meeting and they're talking to these people about student debt. And he does it. It's such a great like. Not that I ever saw Matlock, but uh, you know, it's like a. Matlock Colombo okay. kind of I just you know one more question kind yeah. of thing just sounds kind of slow and um he says uh he asked one of the people on the panel not one of the people testifying he says you know talking about the student debt he goes um so these people who took out these student loans they were defrauded and the woman's like well some of them were he goes okay some of them most of them most of them are defrauded she's like no no they weren't he goes okay and then he asked this other guy, he goes, uh, who is with like a bank or an agency that loans out a lot of this money. And he said, um, uh, so, you know, what's the deal with this? I mean, you've been sued a bunch of times. And the guy goes, yeah. And he says, did you have student debt? He goes, yeah. He goes, did you pay it back? Yeah. He goes, is that like a moral obligation? Or he goes, well, it's it moral and legal. He goes, oh, okay. And, he, and the guy goes, but... You know, some of this, some of these loans are so complicated. He goes, why don't we just make it easier? He goes, if, if we're having a problem with our best and brightest, not being able to understand the paperwork, maybe that means we should, uh, that we should, you know, simplify this just a little bit and make it something so people know what the hell it is they're signing. And I thought, yeah, perfect. And then he said, uh, you know, if we're doing student debt, why don't we do like car loans? Why don't we do mortgages? He goes, why don't we just eliminate everybody's debt? There we go. Why can't we do that? And he was just asking these great questions. And the reason they want to get rid of student loan debt is because it sounds great. And they want younger people to vote for them. Yeah. People, people took, want free shit. People who took degrees that are not uh, paying them any money back. You know, because you can't be, to steal from Ben Shapiro, a lesbian dance theory major and pay for a $200,000 college education. You can't do it. You know, get a degree that matters. But the real problem here is, and I will keep saying this, another idea I stole from Milton Friedman, if you want to lower the cost of college, the government should stop giving people money. Because when you give people money and the college knows you're going to give them money, you know, it costs more. Look, if your drug dealer knew that your parents were giving you money to buy drugs, do you think he's going to give you a discount? It gets proven over and over again that when the government throws money at shit, it makes it worse. The housing bubble with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac was a perfect example of the government basically dictating that you have to start giving loans out to um, people who didn't people qualify that couldn't qualify because home ownership is good and it and it's uh, an investment. It's an investment in the country and in, in society. And so you need to start doing this. And they had the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac program and, and all of these other um, mortgage companies kind of went in on it because they knew they were going to be, um, they knew they had the backing of the taxpayers. Well, and there were some shitty loan companies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Too. But I mean, yeah, there was, there was predatory. Yeah, predatory. Yeah. But the thing is, they opened up the government coming in and doing this, opened up the door for all that. And we're having, we have that with, the education system it's on well, it's on a, a trend for the same thing and guess what it did to the price of houses yeah they went way up so people started buying houses with no money down and uh you know they were taking loans out against the house because it was appreciating so much and then it crashed because you know it ran out of supply and i think we're we're headed that direction again if we don't watch it i mean you see these people buying 
houses that they really can't afford because the rates are low. I will eat your ass. I'll do it. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. My, my screen went dark and I just wanted to light it up and I touched that. Um, but you have people taking out loans for houses that those houses cost more than the shed because the supply is crazy right yeah. now. I was talking to a real estate agent today that you and I both know. Yeah. And she said, I said, how's the business? She goes, great. If you can find sellers. Yep. She's like, if you find sellers, the house is gone. And I mean, stupid, the way of contingency is like uh, no inspection. Yeah. You know, we don't need to have it inspected. We just want it. I heard about a house. I guess Washington state is really, really bad. I mean, they're all bad, but for housing market, but there was like a, a rambler that um, had like, black mold in the basement and i you know the black back deck was like a, a minefield you couldn't they recommend you don't even walk on the back deck or whatever mm-hmm. um it had all kinds of it was a you know a handyman's dream how they how they market those and it, it was being offered or sold at like i think two hundred and fifty thousand, and had 88 offers in the first like couple hours and most of them like half of them were cash or more were cash offers a lot of them are investment companies and all that kind of stuff. And it finally ended up selling for half a million dollars. Yeah. For well, for a dilapidated rambler. And it's because there are some of these big companies that are going to come in and uh, clean it up and they're going to charge rent on yeah, it. Yeah, that pisses me off. Like is, you, you have actual people that want to buy a home, that want to raise a family in a home, and you got these companies coming in and just edging them out. It pisses me off. Well, I mean, as a capitalist, I'm like, okay, I understand they can do that. But I think... But should they? It's like women voting. I know they can, but should they? (laughs) That's a Gavin McGinnis line. But again, the other side of this is, I see this with the stock market too. You know, I've I've mentioned this about Bitcoin. Bitcoin around Thanksgiving was, so this is five months ago, five and a half months ago, was 13,000 bucks. If you were to put 13,000 bucks in Bitcoin now, you would have made $50,000. Okay. It, I mean, it went up and then it went down again. But And so now there's people piling on to Bitcoin going, look at what it's doing. No, the time to be in Bitcoin was when it was at $13,000. Now that it's 60, don't jump in there. And they go, wow, it might go to 400. Fuck you. It's not going to 400. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I'm no genius when it comes to the stock market. But I also know that 60,000 bucks in Bitcoin right now, probably not a good investment. Yeah, it's like the uh, dot-com bubble. At some point... You know, overvaluing things that have no value. At some point, everybody's going to realize that everybody's had it. So, or everybody who wants it's had it. The same thing with the housing market. If people just said, you know what? I'm going to take a year and I'm going to wait and see what happens. The demand would drop. The prices would drop. Everything would get back to normal. But people get these... Ideas. There's a great line. I use this all the time in uh, the Men in Black movie when uh, Tom, I'm probably not spoiling it here because it's been 20 fucking years, but uh, Tommy Lee Jones points out to Will Smith that, you know, there are aliens and everything. And Will Smith says, why don't you just tell people? People are smart. They'll understand. And Tommy Lee Jones responds with a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky animals and you know it. And that's exactly what happens. People start rushing for buying a house because they're going, wait a second, everybody's buying houses. Yeah, the time is right. And the price is going up and the interest is so low. Yeah, but you're overpaying for a house. Give it a little while. Store up some money because when you buy a house, you should have a significant chunk of money to put down on that house. You know? And then, I mean, you're not paying PMI then. You're, you're, in, a good, you're in a good position if the value drops a little. But everybody's like, I got to have one now. And my question is, what's the difference if you have it now or you have it a year from now? If you overpaid to get it now, but people are rushing out to do it because they're watching the news and hearing that it's... Fine. Part of the problem is I was looking for a house before, like right before COVID hit and you know, right at the, the, the beginning of it, I was house hunting and I'd made offers on multiple houses. I was beaten out on every one of them. There was multiple offers even before I got my offer in. Um, yeah, I remember you had a Wednesday night. You were going to go look at like four of them before noon on Thursday morning. Yeah. All, and two of them already had offers. Yeah. And, uh, and another two were sold. I thought I caught one one or two I made offers that were well above what they were asking. And I did the whole thing where I would end up paying um, 
you know, mortgage insurance you know, and, and closing costs and all that kind of stuff. Making all these, you know, trying to make the offer, and they're like, you just, I couldn't compete. And so I stopped for a while, thinking, okay, maybe after COVID and stuff, and and COVID went on for fucking over a year now. So finally, I decided I want to, I want to get a house. I've been wanting a house for a long time. So I started looking again, but all the same properties in the same locations I was looking at before tack on $20,000 Yeah, in less than a year. And I'm like, I, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this. Yeah, you shouldn't. But so. you know what? Eventually you should. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, you just plow money away. Yep. Because what's going to happen is it's going to snap. And Problem is I want to move. I want to get the fuck out of the city. Yeah. And it's that's some of the people's desperation too is, is to get the hell out. But I don't know. No, because I think people are just people are just trying to buy. I think so. You know, so you're going to have some of these companies that bought these houses as rentals who come in and they realize, oh, they'll fix them up and they can charge these super high rents for them for people who can't get into houses. And then at some point, this is going to snap back. The value of that house is going to drop. They're going to have a bunch of stuff on their balance sheets. They're going to go, geez, we need to get rid of this. And they'll kick their renters out and they'll sell it for what they can get for it. And you can find a discounted house that's been fixed up. Yep. Now, that may take three years, but still. It's, God, I hope not. I know. But it's better than being in a situation like this. So, anyway. Well, we're at the end of time here. Do you have any other subjects you want to get into We have for a couple minutes? I don't want to talk about your dog's flatulence anymore. Well, he left the room. He was embarrassed. He had to leave the room because yeah. otherwise we were going to die. <laughs> yeah, displace all the action. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, do, I did want to read real quick this Tim Pool uh, Twitter pretty funny and not not in a haha funny way though um people of minnesota should start preparing for the destruction fires and death from mass peaceful protests and that's exactly it it's like he's so fed up with them within all the news uh, ap fox everybody's calling these things protests when they're riots well here's uh well even in um in the news conference that the police uh, Brooklyn Center Police Chief. Yeah, because Mike Elliott brought the activists into the which press I conference. think is a mistake. And they were when uh, they sounded they uh, they they sounded like idiots to me. Well, when the police chief said, you know, rioters, and they're like, don't say that. Why yeah. would you say? Oh, that? oh, don't say that. Don't say. Oh that. no, don't do that. And then he started like tearing up, and they're like, oh, is he crying? I know. It's like, why are you bringing these people in? And I, I heard people, national people, commenting on that and saying. The news media was asking all these questions and telling, trying to tell him that it wasn't a riot. It's like, that wasn't the media. That was just activists. Yeah. I mean, you could tell by the stupid questions. So I mean, the media gets stupid. Don't get me wrong. Media gets stupid questions. But you can tell the, the caliber of, you know, dumb media questions to just activist questions. Hey, just don't make fun of Jim Acosta. That guy's a national hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the defense rested today. In the Chauvin trial. Yeah, I'm surprised how fast that happened. Well, I mean... It's only one lawyer, though, right? <laughs> yeah, and one guy working for free for yeah. him, too. So, um, I mean, I think, you know, up against the might of Hennepin County, I think he did a pretty good job. 12 or so, 16 lawyers. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even that many, but they had... I mean, they had all sorts of experts, like jury selection experts. Mm. And Anyway, um, there's... So, there's going to be closing arguments probably tomorrow. Then there'll be the weekend. They won't... The jury may not deliberate over the weekend, but so by the ne- by the next time we podcast, it will be finished. What do you think's going to happen? I think they're going to get Chauvin on manslaughter, and they're going to think it's not enough, and they're going to tear the place down because, you know, the police chief in Brooklyn Brooklyn Center resigned, and the cop who shot uh, Dante Wright resigned i mean i don't know what else they want them hauled out in the street and beaten apparently. yeah that was someone's head in a platter well they're not gonna they might get this kim potter uh, my guess is she gets you know some sort of jail sentence very short and she pays the twenty thousand dollar fine and then the city doles out millions of dollars to um his mother well the problem is the city doesn't have millions i know they of already dollars. they already blew their wad on uh george floyd's family well, this is Brooklyn Center. So oh, that's right. True, true. Anyway, so I think by the time we podcast again, there will be there will be riots in Minneapolis again. And here's the thing: I I I think you're right. I'm really hoping, actually, because I know since I think you're right, and it's going to be 
fucking riots and bullshit and looting and arson anyway. I hope they dismiss, they, they drop shot or they find him innocent and all everything. I hope they do because you might as well just go all out on this. Yeah. What I worry about is there's going to be random people just driving through neighborhoods and decide to kill somebody. So yeah. Go, hey, fair's fair. Yeah. And there's going to be targeted and you know, who's going to get targeted. Uh, Asian people. Oh yeah. Yep. Asian you know, people. Well, it's because the white people will convince the black people yeah. to kill the Asian people. So that's what's going to happen. Needless to say, I'm, uh, I'm well protected with my guard dog. Well, who did, who was it? Uh, someone I was talking to said, look, I went through Minneapolis. There's not, down at that area, there's not much for them to burn and loot because so much stuff has been trashed already. And I was like, they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah, they'll just spread out to the neighborhoods. They Or they'll go right into downtown and do it. Mm-hmm. They will make something burn. Notice the last few days, the National Guard has been on Chicago and Lake. And the weird thing about it is, you see them, quite a few of them throughout the day, and then when it gets dark, they're gone. Well, Jeremiah Ellison and his uh, local neighborhood. Uh, They'll take um, care of it? Yeah. They they patrol the neighborhood. He's got a pistol and a fire extinguisher. You okay. Know? So he's he's taking care of it at night. Nice. Yeah. Well, we can all rest easy. Yes, we can. If you want to contact us, it's email. It's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. Or you can check us out on our Facebook page, which is Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you, bye.